this week on the Podland Trailcasters. But yeah, is that the gist of it? They're, I mean, teams are just choosing to kind of leave the conference so the conference is falling apart, or? Pretty much. Hmm. Six in conversation with them. Two already moved to the Big Ten, so now that leaves four schools left in the Pac-12. Pac-12? Pac-4. Yeah, and four those pack. four schools. First topic I want to hit on today, it, it, it's a bit of a, a repeat. Oh, sorry, what? No, you're uh, good, you're good. Okay, cool. Sorry, right. I only only had half the you on camera. I just saw the wave on one trip you're coming after. Like when I think off grid, I'm thinking like no internet. Yeah, you can have a nice cabin, but you're not sitting there yeah. with like you know. She's got she's got she's got dish up there, but uh, no one goes inside and watches TV because it's too nice. So everyone goes outside. Oh, of course, yeah, no. But you need to have relegation and promotion, so Oregon State can go down to the lower conference. But if they go undefeated, then they get promoted. And then the, the the worst team in the in one of the Power Five conferences, you get relegated. Because you know what, the European soccer model is the best model. In- Rele- relegation is a interesting dynamic, man. It's like the best thing in sports because you literally cannot tank. Right, it, elim- yeah. it eliminates tanking because if you are the worst team in your league, you are screwed. Oh, thanks, Toby. <laughs> like rising, like breathing the big. Toby takes a big, big, nice big snore. That doesn't count as a take. I hadn't actually started yet. All right, uh, three, two, one. Three, two. Hello there, Rip City. Hope everyone had a good 4th of July. May July the 4th be with you, just to get another one of my horrible, uh, Four Star Wars dad jokes in there. To all of you in town and out of town and every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in here with you from Hood River. My name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional, giving me an insane uh, stink eye for that Star Wars joke. Did not like it, huh? No. Mr. Christopher Joseph Burkhart. July the 4th be with you. The f- I, I, I just started watching Kenobi. I had to had to bring it back. The 4th was there. I was going to do that like every month now. September the 4th be with you. (laughs) They're not not all special 4ths. This was a special 4th. I thought I could come back and I I figured I'd get exactly this kind of reaction. Just so you know, hey, November 4th be with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's any holiday uh, on on November 4th. Any any other 4th holiday coming up? No? Okay. So I think we're done. I think we're done with it. But I got one more in. It worked. There's no way you're done with it. I know you better. <laughs> that might be right. That that you know me. That that could be accurate. How are you, sir? How was your weekend? How was your holiday? Bro, off went off the grid and it was wonderful. Didn't I didn't have to nice. deal with all you crazy Discord peeps pinging my phone all day. <laughs> I didn't feel have to feel obligated to defend some random Blazers honor and even though they're not in the Discord and you know, tell you how wrong you were and I didn't have to deal with you personally for like three days, hounding me. Must have been nice. Nice. Just kidding. I, I, I respect just, it. Just kidding, I enjoy you. <laughs> but it was fun. It was nice it was it was nice to get off the grid uh, for once, get up to the family lake house. Get out, camp, get to a place where the cell phone doesn't work so you don't have, you know, your screen time drastically goes down and it just feels good. And I mean, I, 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 I can um, 
remove my wedding ring because it's, it's the one thing that never leaves, right? The wedding ring. So I can remove it to get a very good, uh, a very good representation of the amount of sun I was in by, <laughs> nice. by, by the tan nice mark one. on my finger, which uh, is very, very <laughs> distinct. It's so distinct that I just held it up to the webcam and it picked it up so Keith could see. Like that, it's a good tan line. It is a good tan. It line. shows. So, it shows. That shows that oh. shows that we were in the sun and it was wonderful. How about you? Nice, man. No, I'm glad you got some sun. We actually also uh, got off the grid briefly on Saturday. Shout out to our guy, Chad, uh, former uh, co-host here, guest, and also Discordian. Uh, so if you're not on the Discord yet, come and join the Discord. Chad got married this weekend. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ruining it a little was it, bit. My was love it a, hugs and hate mail. So. Was it a Rocket League-themed wedding? Or? <laughs> it was not. It was beautiful. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ruining my love, hugs, and hate mail. So let's uh, let's get into our internationally renowned segment, love, hugs, and hate mail. All right, Keith. My love. You like is, going first or second? I always go first. My love is going to summer league, baby. It's basically here. It starts in just a few days. There'll probably be like three games done by the time Keith posts this podcast. But I'm still gonna love summer league. I saw a video. I saw a video posted as soon as I got back to town because I talked about how nice it was to be off the grid. But as soon as I got back on the grid, I was like, "Gotta check Twitter. Gotta check Twitter." I, I, my hands were shaking. My, I was like, "I was like, I need the fix. I need the fix." Got the fix, and I saw the Blazers post a video of uh, some summer league workouts. I shot Shaden Sharp looked pretty good in the video. Watford looked a little like I know he's not playing against the main roster, so you got to take it all with a grain of salt, right? But even in the small clip they showed Watford just looked like he was moving a, like even a little quicker, a little more explosive than usual. And then Greg Brown looked as explosive as he usually does. And just that one little clip got me excited. I'm like, sweet summer league right around the corner. And for all you people who get to go down to summer league and enjoy it, congratulations. Cause uh doubt it's going to be on root sports. At least I haven't heard that's going to be because TV <laughs> deal. Stupid. Anyway. Still excited though. That, that, that's fair. We'll get into that more in a minute. Uh, as as I was saying a second ago, I've already mentioned my love. It's going out to my buddy Chad getting married this weekend. Um, Chad and Alicia, beautiful wedding up there, off the grid, just like you said, Chris, for your weekend. We were there just for this for Saturday, but we were on a peak at uh, Alicia's family's house. Like like we're on the absolute peak of this hill, and the only thing higher than us was Mount Adams in the distance. Everything else was like a smaller hill, or or you know everything else kind of going back down towards the gorge. It was absolutely beautiful, uh, amazing property, amazing wedding, great times. Wonderful. Also want to give a quick shout out to our neighbors here in Hood River, Aaron and Tyler. Hey, hey. Their dog, Ava, is our boy Q's best friend. And in addition to that, Aaron works at a local winery and Tyler is a hell of a cook. They, they made up some ribs and wings and stuffed mushrooms and brought that over here on the 4th of July evening so we could have all the dogs together in the yard and just be chilling with some friends while the fireworks were going off because as many of you probably know, fireworks are not dogs, best friends. So yeah, shout out to them. Hey! Wonderful neighbors, excellent dog, delicious food. Let me, let me just ask, when you came back on the grid, did you have like all the all the Discord pings? Like like were there like hundreds of notifications on your phone from it? No, because I turned off my Discord notifications like the minute I turned built the Discord for us. I didn't want that ping on oh, my phone all the time. But because I was off the grid, like I couldn't even check the Discord because I tried and it wouldn't load. I got a a, a message from a friend of the show, Tim from Busted Bucket. It was like, hey, hey man. Want to come join the podcast tonight? Cause like we're, we need. I think I think I need you, and I didn't even get it till the next day. I'm like, oh dude, I'm so sorry. Oh. Like I totally missed it. <laughs> now he probably thinks I'm just ignoring him. He's like, 
Burkhardt thinks he's too big for me now, but nah, I didn't get all those pings. The only ping that saw, came through so, was yours, was your text, happy 4th of July text. That was the only ping that came through. Nice. Couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even get away from you, no matter how hard I tried. Yes. <laughs> I am always there, Chris. All right, how about your hugs then? Uh, where, where are your hugs going this week? Man, another friend of the show, hugs are, are staying on the basketball court and going back to the WNBA, though, for former nice. Duck, pro Duck. Sabrina Unescu, Eastern Conference Player of the Week in the WNBA. She has turned it on, playing at an absolutely incredible level. And you absolutely love to see it because she was a fan favorite when she was in the NCAA to the fact that everyone was watching Oregon games, even if they weren't Oregon Duck fans. So hmm. she, she generated a lot of buzz, brought that buzz with her to the WNBA. And if there's a player who was connected to fans who weren't intrigued with women's basketball it was sabrina so the better she does the better it is for the wnba and you love to see it and don't get out of here with all you nonsensical tryhards who are like oh no don't lie to me you you don't watch the wnba you wouldn't like the wnba if it was in portland it's not good basketball it's good basketball just watch the game and guess what people no and the thing is you give me that look i've seen it i've seen it because i've sat on twitter and said how i want i wish port the portland fire were back uh, Joe Simons, former Trailblazers outsider, has tweeted quite often about he, how he wishes the, the Portland Fire were back, and people always Shout want his, his, his mentions and mine as well with the, oh, who are you kidding? You wouldn't go watch games if they were here. You don't really like women's Come basketball. Come on, man. You're just, you're just trying you know, to be nice because it's kind of the PC thing to do. No, I want the Portland Fire back. I love it. I've told my wife the other day, I went to the Timbers game. I even looked at my buddy. I'm like, God, I really want to get out to a thorns game again so bad i want to bring my girls i want to like i love those th those games are so fun so yes if the portland had a wmba team you bet your ass i would go watch it and i would i would love if they had one and i i'm full with you i want to hop on that bandwagon as well if portland had a wmba team i'm there i am all there for it man timbers games are awesome thorns games are awesome blazers games are awesome portland fire games would be awesome i i it's it's all good basketball when i play ball with buddies out on the court. I'm not saying a lot of dunks either. Like we not maybe professional <laughs> right. ballers, but it's still fun. I'm, I'm just saying like, it's still fun basketball to watch. Yeah. You're but not, when like, you go play pickup, you're not playing real basketball because you can't dunk. Oh, Keith. it's not real basketball. So it's not real game. basketball. <laughs> so under the rim, under the rim, it's still basketball. My hugs uh, this week are going for Joe Cronin. And I did say hugs plural on purpose this time. I sometimes mix that up, but this is on purpose because Joe, uh, Joe Cronin is getting a hug for the moves he made. I'm I'm happy for it. I'm happy to see moves made as opposed to swings taken and missed and that always being the story. But I'm also giving him a hug because not all fans are are as happy to just see moves made and kind of see some positive direction. There is a lot of negativity around not enough moves being made or not big enough moves being made and people calling uh uh Cronin out for it. Not just on our Discord, Chris. By the way, fans, if you have not joined it yet, come join the Discord. Link is in the episode description. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why the hate has to be so prominent. Like we finally have a new GM who I think has shown some different habits in the last one, significant different habits. Uh, the team seems to be going a new direction. At the very least, we're not stalled out like we have been for the better part of the last decade. All right, we're gonna move right on into hate mail because it ties in perfectly with mine. And my hate mail is irrational roster takes. And we're going to get into this. Yes. We're going to get into this more in this episode, I guarantee you. But my, my skinny of this, similar to what you just said about people's takes on Joe Cronin, the takes that I'm seeing on this roster and the NBA in general absolutely blow my mind. Just blow my mind. 
I mean, oh, I want, I want, I want. You are given things that you have said you want, you want, you want, and all of a sudden those things aren't good enough? <laughs> what? Asinine. What do I mean by that? Stay tuned. We'll get to it in a few minutes. That's my hate mail. Irrational roster takes. Love it. Uh, I'm going to just quickly tack my hate mail on here at the end without getting into much detail because we've already... Uh, I, I've had plenty of random Hood River stories uh, and the rest. I'm just going to leave this at my hate mail going to crazy-ass f drivers. <laughs> First topic I want to jump into today, we're coming back to something we talked about before. Kevin Durant wanting out of Brooklyn and uh, uh, and asking to be traded to the Blazers. No, not that last part. But when, last week we talked about the rumors being kind of unfounded, right? Then I think on Thursday as free agency approached, Woj bombs and Shams slams. What, what do you call it? Shams bomb, I guess. Yeah, so Shams works. Bomb. Both Woj and Shams at, at 11.49 on June 30th had tweets saying, the Nets GM Sean Marks is working with Kevin Durant and his business manager to find a trade. Uh, and Kevin Durant has requested a trade out of Brooklyn. This all came right after Kyrie, after looking around for options, kind of, uh, he opted in. He opted to stay back with Brooklyn. And Kevin Durant apparently went straight to Nets ownership uh, himself. Didn't send an agent to the GM or anything. He went to the ownership and said, I want out. Now, obviously this stuff evolves day by day. We do a podcast weekly right now, but... There are now, there are now today. I think I'm seeing conversations about. Oh, he wants to. They're gonna get him to stay in in Brooklyn after all. But I feel, Chris, like one thing we talked about on Discord. Once you open this box, once it is official that you have requested a trade from the team, you, you don't really put that back in the box, right? Like it's, it's been a big difference with how how Dame handled it last summer, at, at least as far as like how this has gone. All the tra you know, everyone saying, oh, did he request that or not? He was adamant that it, that never happened. We have. Right. confirmation that Kevin Durant did this. Does, can it go backwards? I think it can, because the first thing that popped into my mind when people talked about can it go back was Kobe Bryant and ex like expressing his distaste for the Lakers, Lakers trying to push him things, and the rumors that he was going to be traded to the Chicago Bulls, which was his preferred destination, then the trade stuff falling through, and then Kobe being absolutely fine with the Lakers and pretending like there was never any indication that he wanted out and ever, any rumor uh, otherwise was false, right? So that's what I think of here. I think this is more so, at this point, I think it's Kevin Durant, and to like, I think Dame kind of did the same thing. I know that you people said like, oh, he's never formally requested out, but he's put pressure on the front office in various ways. Another way that he's doing it right now is with the rumor that there's, you know, why he hasn't signed any extension yet is because he still wants to see how the offseason plays out. That's a rumor that you've that you've seen from some people. So I think Kevin Durant, I think the game he's playing right now is coming to management and saying, I want out. And that's what gets out publicly. And that's where the rumor starts. But it's, I want out unless, you know what I mean? Mm. I think the way this is all played out, I think uh, it's similar to what I said to you before he requested the trade, how I said, I would not be surprised if he did request one, because do you, does he really want to continue to play with Ben Simmons, who has not played a single game uh, with right. the with, with the Nets and has barely hit the floor in his, his NBA career at this point, and Kyrie Irving, whose dedication has basically made him a part-time player. And that's not Kevin Durant's mold. Kevin Durant, just right. Kevin Durant, for all the hate he gets, Keith, I love him in the fact that all he doesn't even he doesn't necessarily want the superstardom. He doesn't want the celebrity. The dude just wants to ball. 
All he wants to to do is play basketball, right? And so when he has players on his team that aren't dedicated to that, I think that rubs him the wrong way. So I think you're getting a little bit more of of him going to management saying, I want to be traded or, or unless you find a way to get Kyrie out of here. You find a way to get me some different teammates. You find this, you find that. And I think it's all hardball. And maybe it's not even that Kyrie has to get traded. It's more of like, I want out unless we can get Kyrie's mind right. We can get Kyrie to dedicate to what I want. I want out unless you get Ben's ass on the floor. You know Uh what I mean? And the thing is, Kevin Durant is one of the best players on the face of the planet. So when he gives he gives management an ultimatum, I think you listen, right? So how this plays out is going to be very very interesting. I think there's you know some of the reports that wouldn't be surprised if he does not get traded. That would not shock me in the least. What would shock me is if there is not some sort of roster turnover and roster shakeup around Kevin Durant because I just don't think Brooklyn wants to just willingly let him go. And you just saw the fact that Rudy Gobert got traded for. 10,000 first round picks, right? <laughs> like in reality, five, right? And a couple other players. <laughs> Same thing. But, but it, it took a lot to get Rudy Gobert. And as much as I like Rudy Gobert, he's not Kevin Durant. So it's going to, it's going to take someone moving a mountain to give Brooklyn an offer that makes them go, yep, that's what we want to part with KD. Which is more likely Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both on the Nets next year or Kevin Durant? On the Blazers. Oh, you see how you, I switched it up. But you, you thought I was just going to say on some other team, but on the Blazers. Wow. That's the. <laughs> I, I think the probability of him being a Blazer is uh, pretty low. Pretty, pretty low. Um, but I would say that the probability of that gut feeling says that's higher than those two still being on the same team. <laughs> I, that's a fair way to put it. I, I like I like that you put kind of the uh, qualifier on there, but yeah, the way those two it's like here's the, here's the thing too. Like like when they do play together, I just I, I feel like they're like their personalities, the way they put, they're like water water and oil, dude. Like they just yeah, they don't dude. they don't they don't mesh, they don't mix. And I know that you're a Kyrie hater, and I've gone on the other end of that, going like I really like Kyrie as a basketball player, taking away all the off court stuff. Like as a basketball player, the dude's. He's phenomenal. Like his his skill set, his prototype. Yeah, is, yeah, it's, not, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, great. So, so he's a phenomenal basketball player. Uh, one, again, we've, I've said this many times. One of the best ball handlers in the league. One of the best. I mean, he's the best finisher at the rim among point guards. I don't think that's a debate. But yeah, he he's, he's he's one of, if not the best, yeah. a good basketball player when he plays. I just don't think he meshes with KD. So, so that's an interesting, interesting thing there. So I'm gonna say uh, the higher chance of him being a Blazer, although the chance of pretty much either of those things happening is very very low what the hell does portland even have to give to get him yeah it's it, yeah it, well Come you know on. i the odds i think they have us uh some vegas odds i saw listed out sun's obviously most likely only one on the on the actual likely side all the other teams had a, a plus rating on the odds I, we were only the fifth or sixth on the list man it wasn't too far down as far as you know, again not likely it was like plus 1200 yeah uh today for katie coming to blazers but you know I'm telling you, team, team, team that has a team that has some cap space and and future assets, I could go get him. I, I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma City should just make a fat move right now. Oh my now. god! And Can you imagine the, him ending up back in back as a, as a, on the Thunder. 
and with the way they've they've kind of built that team with that young talent and the fact that they already have like 10 7 footers on that team at various Ooh. positions and you add KD if you could just dangle all the like 27 future first round picks that you have <laughs> and dangle every single thing you could outside of your stars if you could pair him with Shea Gilgis Alexander like mm, that's that's a good pairing right there I, I would be I would love it just come back around and get back to OKC <laughs> Yeah, the 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 full circle thing would be amazing. That would be that, that would be something else. Hey, they got they got a decent roster. They built they built that thing. Josh <laughs> Josh Josh Giddy is I mean he's yeah. he's still young, but they, I think he has some some good potential there. And and I mean he's a six foot eight point guard. Like again, I talk you talk about the length that team has. Yeah. Uh, uh seven foot small forward. Gilgis Alexander is six six guard who plays like he's about seven foot with those crazy ass arms of his. Again, Lou Dort is the short one, but still, uh, we'll get into that conversation <laughs> when we talk about Gary Payton Jr. Is height doesn't matter with him because he can guard every freaking position, right? And then again, you add Chet Holmgren in there, who's a seven foot uh, center, but he's more like <laughs> I mean, you can play him in, in a various different way. You could add seven foot KD to that lineup. Like they could probably, they could all just hold hands and play like Red Rover, Red Rover <laughs> defense, try to pass us. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Derek Favors and Mike Muscala also on that roster. Is that right? That's crazy. Anyway, Mike, Mike Blazer Killer. Mike Blazer Killer Muscala. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but hey, right. Br- Brooklyn is an incredible case study here because putting together a quote super team doesn't equate to success. You have to make sure that those players can mold together, that those puzzle pieces fit. And right now that might be one of the biggest failures in NBA history, getting, getting, getting Harden, KD and Kyrie together and, and then get, like, and, and getting nothing out of it and getting nothing, nothing out of it. Like that's, yeah. and, and this is the Nets way, I guess, because, you know, for some reason <laughs> they thought a repeat of, you know, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett in Brooklyn was going to do something, but you know, they right. were kind of washed at that point. These guys are still in their prime. So this is, it's, it's a, a it's an incredible failure that the, that thing didn't work out. We saw the Nets super team fail with prime stars. Like you said, we saw the Lakers super team fail with not prime stars. Uh, the Clippers have kind of had a, they had a, the idea of a super team with, with Kawhi and Paul George going there to, to kind of form up like we were talking about. But I mean, I think health has been the issue there more than even uh, uh, team drama as much. Oh, and health has been teams. health. Health has been their issue. There has not been anything that I've seen from the Clippers on the court that goes, that team can't play together. I right. Mean, and they got a really good roster. And the fact that, that they still are, are a decent team when, when Paul George and, and, and Kawhi aren't on the floor, like they got, they got a good roster there. It just hasn't been healthy enough to play together. So that that's been its biggest hang up. So we'll see how that goes. You know who is a blazer though? Who? Gary Payton the second. Gary Pay- Gary Payton the second stint as a trailblazer. Yeah, also <laughs> But you know, he's I expect him to have a little bit more of a run mm-hmm. this time. Uh at least it seems to be, you know, he seems to be a move that he seems to be one of these moves that Cronin made with actual intent to have as a piece here am i right uh, absolutely absolutely if you're gonna try to build something then you gotta get you, you got Not you gotta have asset. that guy oh he's definitely i don't think he's an asset he's gotta go get that guy you could build around and this is where this goes back to my hate mail of irrational roster takes like we're getting like like <laughs> we're getting hate on the discord from tico 
shout out. Hey! Who I don't even know if it's throwing shout out. out who I don't Nerd. even know if he's throwing out real real takes or is just playing a bit at this point. But it's like telling, like arguing <laughs> that the roster right now is worse than it was last year, and I I completely disagree with that. Um, is it is it good? Is it where it needs to be yet? No, and we know that Joe Cronin has said said as much. Um, but it's 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 better than last year because you just look at this. His argument was like, "Oh, you traded CJ, and all you got was, you know, Josh Hart, and you traded Larry Nance, and then all you you replaced him with Gary Payton Jr." Like these are not fair comparisons. You can't compare Larry Nance and Gary Gary Payton Jr. Oh, my 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 bench power forward and my bench guard, like the, uh, who who one of them fills a need that Portland needs desperately in being an elite defender, the other does not. And Larry Nance Jr., like Larry Nance can fill a role, but he's not the need that Portland needed. Same with CJ. If you're gonna compare that, okay, well they basically flipped CJ and Larry Nance, and what they got was uh was Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart. Well, CJ versus Jeremy Grant. I know there's a lot of people that hate on on Jeremy Grant, but if we're talking about a word that you like to throw around all the time, Keith, and that is roster balance, it's a great trade. It's a great yes, move sir. for Portland because now they got a guy in Josh Hart yeah. who can play multiple positions and defend multiple positions. And in getting rid of CJ, not only did they open up the door for Ant to be their 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 starting shooting guard, which we argued about was he going to be traded, sign and trade this, blah blah blah. They 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 put that to bed and they're like, nope, this is our guy. And they got rid of CJ McCollum and in the process upgraded a position that has needed to be upgraded for the last 10 years in power forward. So don't, so how can that be a bad move? Like, okay, well, it wasn't John Collins and it wasn't OG Ananobi. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So you got option C out of A, B and C. At least you got one of those two, those three primary options and you balance your, you so balance your roster better yeah. at the end of the day. And, oh, are you going to take Rocco or Josh Hart? Oh, jo Rocco and Josh Hart are, are a wash. They're ba like, they, they, they both offer good defense. One is like probably like Hart is probably a better, slightly better on ball defender where Rocco excels down low in the paint and within the gaps rotating a little bit better than, than Josh Hart, but you get more offensive production out of Josh Hart than you're going to get out of Rocco. Like they're really a wash, but at the end of the day, the bad part with Rocco is you were playing a guy who is more of a rotational big at this point. You were forcing him to be your starting power forward forever, which is going to be the hard part with Josh Hart here. Cause Josh Hart is also so more should be your sixth man when your rotation is built perfectly and he's probably going to be lumped in to be your starting three right now so you still got roster things to do but but i can't look at last year's roster which going back to what i said about brooklyn oil oil and water right nothing none of those puzzle pieces like in a vacuum in a vacuum I'm going to take CJ McCollum over Jeremy Grant. Just one-on-one, -on -one, not looking about, not looking at uh, how te the team is constructed or anything. I'm just saying one-on-one, -on -one, which player do you like better? I'm taking CJ McCollum over Jeremy Grant. I'm taking Larry Nance over Gary Payton Jr. And because I love him, I'm taking Robert Covington over Josh Hart. For what the Blazers need and how to balance the roster the best way to get the best out of everything and actually have puzzle pieces that fit, I'm taking... I'm taking, I'm, ta Dame. I'm taking, like I'm taking yeah. a pairing of Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart over Larry Nance and CJ McCollum. I'm taking Gary Payton Jr. over Robert Covington or what, what, what have you. So this is where I get, I, I get irritated with the rational roster takes because the, the, in a vacuum, maybe like in a vacuum, you can argue that the players that have been brought in aren't as good as some of the players that went out. But when you literally went out and addressed positional needs and areas of, of 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 need 
Like, people who are upset at the Gary Payton signing. Like, oh my god, $8 million, where the hell it was for Gary... Yeah. All you've argued, <laughs> all you've argued for the last two, three years is defense, defense, defense. Portland needs defense. The defense is bad, historically bad. So what you, what Joe Cronin did was went out and got the best on-ball defender on the market, or one of the best on-ball defenders on the market. Got him on a team like relatively quote cheap deal relative to what everybody else is getting. And now the argument is like, oh yeah, but he's not a good enough offensive player. What what do you want? Like this is like if I'm Joe Cronin, I look you <laughs> dead in the eye and like go, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? And the thing with Gary Payton Jr. is he was on a team in the Warriors that when you when you lack the offensive skill that he has, and here's the thing, he's gonna be able to get you points still. He he is obviously great at the rim. The dudes at Portland, one thing Portland loves is dunks, right? Everybody loves a good dunk, and he can dunk with the best of them. So that's gonna be fun. He's not gonna light it up from three-point range, but you know what? That's why you have Ant, who's gonna shoot at a 40% clip, who's a great catch and shoot guard. That's why you have Dame, who's gonna excel as a three-point shooter. That's why you have Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant, who can hit threes. That's why you have Yusuf Nurkic, who's gonna be a, a good scorer for you as well. You put him in, in, in rotations and situations where he doesn't have to ever score the ball. He just takes what he can get, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to force anything. <laughs> But you put him on the floor. It's crunch time. You need a defensive stop. You put him on. The, you put him on the floor. You know, he's still he's still like he still is a league average three point shooter. He's thirty five percent, I think, last season, right? From maybe a little below that on the career. Uh, but he, it's not like he's useless on the offensive end, even if he's not a weapon. Like you're saying, we have other weapons, and it's more we have more balanced weapons on the offensive side than we had before. This is this is positive. And shooting this is, is and, this is, and we're and going the right back direction. To other podcasts you and I have talked about, Keith. Shooting is the one mm -hmm. thing that you can go into the gym and you can fix it on your own. And if you have the right coaching staff, you're going to yeah. do it. Defense is the hardest one to teach. And Gary, P Gary Payton Jr. was a great defender in college. And it has still taken a few years for that to mm -hmm. translate over to the NBA. Because, again, college, you're just playing so much zone that you don't have to sit there and do one-on-one -on -one man that often. But now that's what he's doing. And the fact that, the fact that this guy was a pillar for the team that just won an NBA championship was a core piece of that defensive rotation. And you're like, Nope, not good enough. This team needed defense, but the guy who just played defense with some of the best players in the league in the NBA finals. Nope, not good enough. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> I can't believe we traded CJ McCollum and all we really got in return was Jeremy Grant. So you want CJ McCollum back and no power forward. What do you want? What do you want? If you want to, if you want to argue, if you want to, like, if you want to argue that, like, okay, well, this we're gonna we're gonna need some time to see if this works. Absolutely, like, I'll give you that. That's a fair asset. That that's a course, fair yeah. assessment. It was never supposed to be a yeah. one year plan. That's a We've fair assessment. That. But an off season where I got a, an elite on ball defender in Gary Gary Payton Jr. Where I know it's not the off season, but I'm gonna I'm gonna count the CJ McCollum trade in this roster transition, right? Where I I unloaded a guard who was arguably overpaid and. And had a piece um, to replace him with almost in, uh, like instantly. Got a power forward, yeah, and got and got power and got a power forward who was my position of uh, my position of need. And no, CJ McCollum was not overpaid. He was overpaid for what Portland needed with their roster. He was still he yeah was, for, for what he his brought value to us. was fair, yeah. honestly. Um, and then you, you're going to replace him with a guy who's who's going to go get you points, who's getting 
uh, like pennies compared to that contract. Get it? Pennies? See what I did there? Um, Haha. And so over, overall, <laughs> overall, if this, I'm counting that as a good thing. Is key. In, 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 in my opinion, which I hate when people say that, but I'm gonna say it anyway. In my opinion, if this, in your if humble this, opinion, if this, if this roster as constructed doesn't work out, at least your GM took the 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 swing and made the moves that were at least look like they're going to fit. And they were something different than what you're used to. Cause again, I've said this ad nauseum is at least this wasn't going and grabbing Mario Hazonia, Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver and telling you it was the best <laughs> off season you've ever had. Now each one of these guys is exactly what you need. And that, and that Anthony Tolliver isn't washed and that Mario Hazonia is all of a sudden because he's in Portland is just going to turn it on and become the star that everyone thinks he is. No, you you went and you didn't you you actually addressed what needed to be happened. You addressed the front end and the rotation. You didn't address position 13, 14, and 15. You addressed positions one through five and then six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's what you're looking at right now. And that's a good focus for me. And the the and the last point before I kick it back to you to finally say something. And and <laughs> I'm just your echo chamber because I'm saying the same things that you have been saying. For a while on the Discord, come join us on the Discord. Link in the bio. There we go. Look at this. Is that this is not intended, nor was it ever intended to be a one-year turnaround. That is almost an impossibility. So I'm going to go right back to what you and I said before the offseason, and that was when they decided to blow it up. If Portland in 2022-2023 makes the playoffs and gets bounced in the first round, that is a successful season to go from being one of the worst teams in the league to being bounced in the first round mm -hmm. is a successful, even intentionally mm -hmm, bad is, is, yeah, is, is yeah. a successful season because you are, you are turning this around and, and you completely flip the roster and you started a gel and you were good enough to make the playoffs, especially if like, if they get into the playoffs with like, without being in the play in, right? Like if they get the sixth seed or something like that, like that is, that is the success even if they get bounced because this because now you've you've lined your team up you still have assets you can do and now you go into next year's free agency next year's offseason next year's trade deadline with the ability to add those last few pieces that you need to to, to really get over the hump and maximize dame's window i mean to turn it around in one season to go from worst team uh one of the worst teams in the league uh, intentional or not one of the worst teams in the league <laughs> to completely blowing up your roster to trading away three fifths of your starting lineup to go from that to championship contender in a year, please. That, that, that's a that's crazy. A, that's almost a near impossibility with how stacked this league is. Right? So if you get into the playoffs and you get bounced early, all things considered, that is a successful season because you you somehow flipped everything and put the thing right back on track in the right direction. That's all I got to say about that. No one climbs a ladder by going from the bottom rung straight to the top rung. Like that's just uh, you, you you can have a short ladder, but that's just not a ladder at that point. You got to have some sort of idea of you know going from bottom to the seventh or sixth rung and then up to the second rung the following year is all I'm trying to. It's a step. No, it's, it's a step by step step-by-step -step process and you know we could argue all the time and fan we could have done this we could have done that but like again you wanted defense you got defense you wanted an improvement at, at your forward position you got a major improvement 
at, at one of your forward positions. You locked up Yusuf Nurkic, who is not hurt. Don't let what the, what the reports tell you. He did. We all know he wasn't shut down because he was hurt. He was shut down because the things were agreed upon, and they didn't want to risk that that injury. Yeah, that, that's and that's Nurkic, a given at this and, point. and Nurkic that, that pre air quote injury was literally having the most efficient stretch of basketball that he's had in his career. And there's no question in my mind right. he can replicate that next year. So let's get over bad Nurk in our mind here. He was really starting to play well. Ant is the biggest question mark to me. Because if he can do what he did around a better roster, like better, more talent on the mm -hmm. roster. And still That's the question mark to me, Keith, because the, the difference between Ant in the second half of the year and the first half of the year when he was sharing minutes with Dame and CJ was huge. Like he went from... He ended up balancing out about 14 points or uh, 17 points per game for the year, but he was closer to like 13, 14 playing with the other guards and then up in the low twenties when he was handed the keys. The thing is he has to give those keys back. He was just renting the blazers from Hertz. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was renting, he was renting the, 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 the car from Hertz. And now he has to give the keys back to Dame and Dame is going to go like no one else was putting up and at was like averaging 20 points per game when when Ant was in charge of that roster. Oh, I'll, I'll have say this he, he's at least moving farther up in the in the Hertz yeah. van. Like he he's going to have a larger role than he did and if we do have a more balanced roster he should have a, a bit more room to kind of do what he did. Yeah. But I'm I'm with you. It's it's not going to be he's not going to be the the lone star on yeah. the floor. And at this and, point. and you also like I said he's so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes because uh, Grant's going to have to get, get his hands on the ball and get some buckets. I think Nurk's going to have to find ways to score because he's improved in that area. Um, but again, if Ant goes in and he only averages 18, 19 points a game, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If Grant is still getting, if Grant oh, is no. still getting close to his 20 and Nurk is still getting his 17, 18 or night, and then you're getting whatever production you get out of heart. The, the, the biggest thing is here is can, can he succeed going back to the passenger seat. Like he's not in the back seat. I'll agree with you there. He's in the passenger right, seat now. Right. But can, can he can he continue to excel when he's not driving anymore? That's that's going to be the biggest question mark on if they are a playoff contender or not for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think seeing how how far he has truly progressed on a on a healthy roster is definitely going to be a, a kind of maybe a good watermark for how far the team should be progressing. You know, if 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 Penny is just not what we thought he was after the sample size last season, then yeah, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe making the playoffs would, would be like, Oh, we should be excited for that. If he's looking really good though. Yeah. I, I think you can hope for the team as constructed right now. And hopefully there are still some more moves to come. You could hope this team reasonably should be somewhere around a six, you know, like it's, we can get into all, all the projections for all that stuff later down the road, yeah. but it's, there's a lot to be hopeful for. There's a lot to be optimistic about with this team. The work is not done either. Whether we're talking about you know a multi-year project like we're being adamant about, or if we're just saying hopefully this season there there's plenty of time before the deadline in February to get some more moves in here. And Cronin has uh, made me a Cronut. I am convinced he has more <laughs> moves up his sleeve. So let's talk about one of those other roster improvements and exactly how much of an improvement it is. Drew Eubanks is Drew Eubank. The Troutdale Shack is a Blazer again. We talked last episode. <laughs> We talked last episode about wanting to focus on backup bigs. Here we go, Chris, a backup big, and one Blazers are familiar with, Blazer fans are familiar with. The question really is, we, when we were discussing this last episode, we were talking about DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Chris Boucher, 
some other some other bigs that you know could be coming off a bench uh uh behind Nurk and maybe give a little more versatility. Drew Eubanks not quite that level of of player. So how how do you rate this as far as improvement? And again, we're 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 holding on to the idea that there are more improvements to come, but how do you feel about Eubanks being Eubanks? Uh, it's just it's it's just a meaningless move. Um like I said, like I, I posted on Twitter and then got, you know, all up in some people's feels who were just upset with this offseason. Again, don't understand why you're mad at this offseason. Um but it's lit- this is just a move that's like the I think like you threw a name out there, Cousins. Okay, Cousins wants Cousins wants to, mm-hmm. Cousins is going to want to go play on a contender. Okay, with the amount he's mm-hmm. bu- he's bounced around, he's going to want to go play on a contender. When you look at the roster and Demarcus yeah, Cousins sure. looks at the Blazers and goes, "Okay, yeah, it's a cool chance to play with Dame. It's this and that, but that's a team that's probably getting bounced in the playoffs." Nope. If I'm Cousins, like I'm going to want to try to maybe re up with Denver, find a way to the Clippers, find find a way. Uh, back to golden state for another run there find a way to get back to new orleans find a way to get to milwaukee right find a way to get to miami find a way to get to philly i'm going to want to play with a team that is in we are in win now mode that's what i'm going to do if i'm demarcus cousins you look at some of the other centers who who were potential same thing right chris boucher was off the board quick and money that portland wasn't going to give him but way back to toronto but if i'm like demarcus cousins would demarcus would demarcus cousins be a better pick than drew eubanks all day long i mean i'm gonna of course i'm gonna i'd take demarcus cousins on one wheel over drew eubanks but it's not like i just say that's the player i want to sign so i'm gonna give him a contract and then he's gonna sign it like right right you have to agree so again put yourself in demarcus cousins shoes do i want to go play on a team that's that is still a year out at least no i want to be on a contender i want to be a contender now so if i'm portland i'm just like okay eubanks knows the system he can come in he can play spot minutes if if nert gets hurt wouldn't be surprised if again you have like watford played a lot of minutes at center you have greg ba- greg brown uh who's a, who's a bigger body mm. like if he gets hurt I, I would see portland going small more so than freaking out about oh my gosh we don't have our yeah. big seven foot center um i mean move it up and even with a more versatile roster, we're, we're definitely set up to play right. small ball. Like you'll see a lot of these non-centers. Pl- I wouldn't be surprised if you see now. a lot of situations just to see experimental-wise. Um, Jeremy, Grant, Jeremy Grant at the mm. five, right? How, do, how does that work? Um, right. And I, I've, I think that'd be cool because I've argued a lot that I really like Nasir Little as a small ball power forward. I think that's a fun, ga- a fun game for mm. him. So... So then Jeremy Granite Center... Nas I think that'd be fun board. just to watch. And ex- you probably still put it yeah, in hard. Yeah, that'd be a fun board. one to watch and experiment with. Um, but you got bodies yeah. on there, so it's not as if Drew Eubanks is your only only option. But when you go to the well for a minute, I think he makes sense because it's just like, hey, he knows the system. He can plug in. There's going yep. to be a dramatic drop-off at center should Yusuf Nurkic get hurt, but what are you going to do? Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Everyone's throwing out the Rolos and stuff. Like, I just... Even Rolo, like, what's... I don't think he wants to be stuck in a team like Orlando. He's going to want to find a way that he can get on a team that, and can win, so... You know, when those guys yeah. have limited windows, you got to take advantage of it. Eubanks just makes sense. So I'm just going to go back to my tweet about it. It's a hometown kid who gets one more ride with the Blazers. And again, as they continue to build this roster, he's probably not back after this year. So just enjoy the ride because the kid's living his, living his dream. Yep. And I don't think he's... Enjoy the yeah, Trout Del and Shack I don't, being a Blazer, yeah. man. It'd be awesome to... Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome to play for the team you probably grew up watching when he, when he was up here yeah, in Reynolds so just High in, School. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, so, just, so yeah, so just enjoy it. It's definitely not the best pickup absolutely it's not the best pickup i just don't know how 
many options Portland realistically had in a kind of thin center right. market. I still would not be shocked if there is a way to get LaMarcus Aldridge on a on a uh, short deal. Get him in here on your vet min. See if it's worth having as your rotational center uh, and then move him along. Because I still like the whispers that he's had with Dame, the things Dame has said about L.A., the things L.A. has said about Dame. I still feel like there is a mutual interest for him to want to end his career in Portland. And LaMarcus as a backup five. I'll take LaMarcus as a backup five all day long. Because, again, washed LaMarcus, I'm still taking over Drew Eubanks when it comes to who's going to benefit me. And I think if you can sell LaMarcus Aldridge on, hey, look what we're building here. You know, if you got another year or two left in your tank and we think we can be really competitive with you on the roster, think like Pau Gasol, but actually playing for the Blazers. Like Pau Pau Gasol (laughs) busted at the end of his career, to me, was still not a bad backup center option for any team. Then he ended up in just going retiring because the body was beat up. But I would take LaMarcus Aldridge over Drew Eubanks for a backup center role. So that's a name that I think you watch out. And if it's not, if it doesn't happen this year, because, you know, maybe he goes somewhere and plays things, I still think that one is definitely in the cards before he decides to hang him up. If his body, uh, you know, knock on wood and (laughs) all good vibes his way, if his body doesn't force him to, to hang him up early again. You kind of tapered down there at the end and, and kind of, you know, uh, tempered it with the idea of, oh, well, if not this year. But for a minute, man, I, I feel like we had a Burkhart bomb. Well, when he does sign, it was a When he does sign, it was a Burkhart bomb. Because every time I say, every time there I say go. something on this podcast or the Discord, you all act like I'm the dumbest. <laughs> who, who basically <laughs> called the, the, the exact numbers of the Yusuf Nurkic deal? And you all said that was a dumb thing to say. This guy. <laughs> who? Who called what? almost the exact numbers? I was off by a million dollars on the number that Anthony Simon. And then sure. To say we think then, it's an overpay does not mean and then, you think No, you I'm just saying. And then dumb. sure. Beep, beep, mom, duck, duck, quack, or whatever sound effect you put in. Sure as quack, quack. Who got signed to the deal that I said he was going to get signed to? Burke bombs are a real thing. I know some things. Just trust me every once in a while, y'all. Trust me. Oh boy, you, Chris Chris goes off the grid for a, a weekend, and he's got he comes back with a bone that, to too pick. much sun, <laughs> too much sun. It rejuvenated the body and the mind, and now you all are screwed. <laughs> the bully is back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, final topic for the day. Maybe there's one or two more. I don't know. We'll see what we go with. Summer league starts Thursday. We are gonna have a loaded summer league roster, Chris. We got a a, a summer league championship on the horizon. Things are coming up. We're looking at Shaden Sharp, Jabari Walker. Then you got last year's uh uh regular season regular NBA league roster. Greg Brown, Trenton Watford, Keon Johnson, Brandon Williams, Didi Lazada. Are you are you on board? Are you on the bandwagon with me for Summer League champs 22-23? That's uh, a very, very stacked Summer League team, as Summer League teams go. Uh, it's very, very good. I just want to say the word of warning. Summer League, watch the games, find ways to enjoy them. Don't get mad at certain things you see, because I'm going to fully expect that you may see things you don't like from Watford and Greg Brown specifically. Uh, maybe maybe things that feel like they're mistakes. Maybe th- them play like playing not up to their potential. And the only reason I say this is because we saw this happen with with Jake Lehman and Pat Connaughton. They were in their what third summer league, fourth summer league, whatever the hell it was. And 
they were they, people were saying oh they're not taking over the games they're kind of looking lost this and that that's what happens when you're one of the only two players on the floor that know the playbook front to back back to front and are on the court with three other guys that are just just were hand just were handed a modified playbook three days ago like keep in mind right, the first right. video we saw of them practicing for summer league came out on sunday and now they play in like two days so that's not enough time to learn the playbook so you're gonna have guys again like a watford like Greg brown uh and, and brandon williams a little bit as well who know the playbook but then have to go to a shade and sharp who's just learning it or, or have to go to other guys who signed up on, on the roster who haven't played who don't know where to be and how to play so so when the when the the summer league it's not that they're making the mistakes it's, it's yeah they're they're, play, they're, they're, play, they're exactly they're playing with a lot of guys who are just learning and so there's a lot of things that go on in practice and the learning curve there and these guys being those those captains if you will that are really good for for these young guys but when you see a little bit of when you see mistakes from watford and greg brown it's more of not mistakes on them it's mistakes on just the roster learning on the fly now of course there, there's going to be other mistakes that you might see so i'm just saying not every mistake is theirs secondly it when, when, when shaden sharp comes out and lights the world on fire which i personally think i think he's going to have a very very good summer league uh, again, the word. take that performance with a grain of salt because he's also going against a bunch of guys right. who are fringe NBA players. Some of these guys might make it in the right. G League, some might not. And I feel like this is look at Caleb Swanigan. Caleb Swanigan was a stud in summer league because he was all motor, all 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 gas, no break, right? So he was able to just bully people mm -hmm. and get rebounds because he just he had, he was a hustler, right? Uh, but become Blazing nba time it. and everyone was already oh my gosh this guy's why is, remember it only took one week into the regular season why is why why is caleb swanigan not playing, getting playing time how come he's not on the floor more after what he did in summer league and then you only it only took a few minutes of him on the floor to go oh now i know why he's not right. on the floor like he's he's not ready yet so just again just because you right. you excel in summer league doesn't mean that you're going to be the next star jared bayless same thing right oh my god look mm -hmm. at the steal that this guy was took over look at this. summer league and he was, you know, yeah, he had a decent career, but he was never what you expect. Yeah, it's he was Jared never Bayless. what you expected after seeing him in Summer yeah. League. So Summer League, to me, Keith, is watching it, seeing things you like, seeing things the teams can improve on, but not taking everything as gospel, if you will. <laughs> everything is gospel. So Summer League is about the cherry and, picking. Like, find the stuff, yeah. find the good shit. And, and again, Yeah, and you got to really be on the lookout for some intangibles. Like I said, things that can't be coached, because that's one thing. Uh, you know, and, and rest in peace to Caleb Swanigan, man. Gone way too early, as we talked about mm -hmm. last week. Um, but all the things, like the the being in the right spot and learning to shoot and the rebounding, and the, those things can be taught by your coaching staff over your years in the NBA, NBA. One thing that Caleb Swanigan had that you cannot teach is he had a motor. Like that that guy just that guy just drive. went hard every single play. Like it, it, you could have took that guy. You could have put it wouldn't matter if he was playing in the nba finals or he was playing pickup ball at 24-hour fitness he was gonna <laughs> go balls to the wall and that's the type of thing that you the coach can't teach so it's little things like that that you're gonna mm -hmm. start to pick up on some of these young guys like a keon johnson who we haven't seen a ton of like a shaden sharp who i think i'm really really intrigued to see because as i said in love hugs and hate mail it wasn't like we got a ton of it but uh he looked really good in that short clip that they did post the trailblazers posted i'm oh and by the way you and i had this argument just on the stream the other day just for fun on my twitch stream please come follow me i still need to get to 50 followers so i'm, I'm just a youngin over there uh Captain but Chaos, what shout out but what did we see in the video that the blazers posted 
what do we see, Keith? That that Blazer fans will love. What out of Shane Sharp and that, and these young guys? What did we see in that clip? The the dunking. More specifically, what wait, kind wait, what of dunk? I don't know what you're. I, we you're saw about, an alley oop. We missed. saw an alley oop. We saw oh, a backdoor cut yeah. with a pass to the rim that resulted in a alley oop dunk. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, I. You're, you're you're trying to you're trying to lob that one up there for me. I'm just yeah. Like, I'm a good passer. Head. You're not a good finisher. I missed that alley oop. <laughs> I'm I'm five foot ten, man. I'm not a dunker. We talked about this. I don't dunk. Uh, so I I do find it funny though, Chris. You mentioned earlier fans should be uh, watching for these things in Summer League because funny thing is, like we mentioned earlier, Root is not going to help you do that. Root is not broadcasting any of the Summer League games, much like they did not broadcast the NBA draft uh, when when that was when we were involved in that last week. Uh, all games currently are listed on ESPN, ESPN2, or NBA TV. ESPN is going to be opening night for us. Uh, a number of games are on ESPN2 or NBA TV uh, throughout the rest of the Summer League as well. That's all I really got. I just wanted to point out that, once again, Root is uh, dropping the ball, like we talked about last week, like you ranted about last week, and how they played a rerun of a Mariners baseball game from earlier in the day instead of the NBA draft. That, just, that, that should upset. That should piss off Blazers fans. Uh, and you know, like, again, like we've said, it's the RSN model. It's not specifically Root's fault, but they're not really innocent either. Yeah. All right, since we RSNs, ran through that one quick, RSNs uh, right now, it's just RSNs aren't set up for success. R RSNs hemorrhage money. So, and the other thing that people don't understand is summer league games. Like, if you're already hemorrhaging money as an RSN, summer league games are freaking expensive to have the rights to. Like. I think the NBA would rather have, you know, the the ESPN coverage and what other coverage they have if it's available via League Pass and all these other avenues. RSN coverage is it's so expensive. It's really weird. I believe when I was working there, it was like there was it was more expensive for a summer league game than it was for a regular season game. It was just summer league games are crazy expensive. Um, so so weird. It's unfortunate, but. The TV rights just keep. But that's why up, that's why you got to get on the bandwagon, baby, and get to summer league as a. It is like, I mean, mm. as a baseball fan, I mean, they made they made spring training a thing that that hardcore fans want to go attend and watch a bunch of guys who aren't going to make the main roster at the end of the day, but they just want to see we'll see these young guys <laughs> who are going to be in their farm system. I tell you what, man. Uh, so I think NBA summer league is one of the. They've turned that into one of the coolest things in basketball. It's one of my favorite parts of the of the NBA season, like. Chris, do you want to go to the NBA Finals? Or you want to cover Summer League? I, if my boss gave me those two options, I'm taking Summer League, dude. A week. That quick and easy. Finals, finals are cool, but I think Summer League is dope. To each their own. This is this is a full Ooh. to each. It's a oh, full no, to each you, their you. own. That's just a high recommendation, man. That's a that's a. But I'm also rank. thinking of this a little bit from a work perspective, and Summer League is dope to go attend. Sure, and way sure. more low key than the finals would be. Like if I had to cover the NBA Finals, I, I'd never I'd never no, get a chance that's to breathe. Trailcasters are definitely making a summer league plan. I think for, hopefully for next summer, man. Like not not this uh, season of twenty two, but the twenty twenty three summer league, man. I, I think we could set up down there. We could get a, a live pod going with uh, with live listeners from all of our Discord, uh, our, all our Discord legends. At that point, that'd be making the trip with us, listeners. If you're not on Discord yet, link in the episode description. Please come and join us. It's a great time, and it'll be the best way to get down to summer league with the Trailcasters next summer. All right, final topic, 
and then I'll let you go, Chris. Beyond Summer League, I am getting old. I'm I'm already getting hyped for next season because we've been talking on Discord a bit about Dame getting surgery this year, everything that kind of shut down this season and sent us into the tank in the first place. I, I'm I'm feeling more and more that we're we're gonna be seeing MVP level Dame next season. Like he's going back to I, I think we're gonna see something that we have not maybe even seen previously from him before, but I think we're gonna be seeing top tier Dame despite being past maybe his his technical prime. Uh, in age as far as NBA years tend to go. Chris Haynes joined Dia on the Blazers Edge pod a little while ago when, uh, when Dave Deckard was out. And Chris Haynes was talking about how Dame has looked post-surgery. He had a quote that I just, just caught my ears. He says, I've been watching probably about two months of his clips going into the practice facility. He looks more like old Dame. Like, he looks better. His twitch is there. His athleticism is there. His foot speed is there. His first step. And most importantly, he's in a good space mentally. They talked for a while about the injury, like how it had impacted Dame for for so much of the last few seasons. And so I get that, you know, we've, we've seen what happened to Dame and there's always going to be recency bias. There's always going to be kind of this feel like, uh, I mean, can you really buck the trend that we've, the, the, the path that we've seen you going down already? And I, I just, we know this injury was around a long time. We know it's something that kind of wasn't going away and, and very likely was getting worse over that time. We, we know in more recent seasons, he was taking, uh, I don't remember the name, the, 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 the shot that athletes take to just kind of dull the pain and be able to get on the floor. That he, so he's, he's playing through pain on a regular basis at this point. To have that healed up now, uh, fully recovered, I got high hopes. Dame is so, so adept at playing through pain. Um, and he's had some other things here and there. Uh, this one, this last season, though, it was the very first time that the pain had a direct impact on his game. Like the other times he's had it and he wasn't quote a hundred percent. He was able to play through that. Um, that ab got so bad this year. Like if you go look just the, the stats, the stats don't always tell the whole story, but stats almost tell the whole story with Dame this year. There was such a dramatic drop off mm-hmm. in his production for the games that he was healthy. And then the eyeball test for blazer fan did the rest there. I mean, how many times was he shooting, a, shooting a three pointer and he was missing them short. Dame Dame doesn't miss a lot of three-pointers short. But when he's missing them short, that means he's losing power in the jump. And when where is he losing power in the jump? In his core. Because if he doesn't have the stability to get his base under him, then his base isn't going to have the power to give him his lift. So he's losing so much power on his three-point shots. That's why he was missing so many short. Um, and then he he's a guy that we've talked about before. Like he 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 is a he is a shooting guard in a point guard body. In the fact that like sometimes he, he's he's listed at six three depending on where you look, but he likes to play like he's six five. Like he likes to play above the rim. And how many? And even a healthy Dame has a tough time getting above the rim when there's a lot of defenders. And you saw that even more so this year, where he stood no chance because again the core was just offering so little help that he wasn't able to get his legs under him when he was at full speed. Therefore, couldn't get the jump and get to the rim. Like it's so. And so this was the very first year I felt that I was watching Dame with an injury that prevented him from being Dame or being a shell of Dame. Like he was like, he was just so bad. So back to your point, not only has this, this injury been healed, it's giving him time to, to really heal all the other lingering ailments he's had and just get back to a hundred percent health, which I think is a scary thing. And, and I, cause he's good. He's one of the best players this, this team's ever had. He's one of the best point guards in the league. And if he's healthy, man, and again, healthy Dame with 
Jeremy Grant with Nurk, who was playing the best basketball of his career, with Ant, who has shown that he can be a budding star, with all the other pieces you can go get with a young Shaden Sharp. Like, uh, I, I am not, I'm not worried about playoffs and championships. I'm worried about watching this team gel because when it does gel, I think it's going to be a very, very fun brand of basketball, especially if you get Dame back at 110. percent Like, boy howdy, exactly. it's going to be fun. <laughs> just to illustrate some of the numbers you're talking about as far as like last season and again that recency bias that fans might be kind of might be letting them letting get them down a little bit dame's three-point percentage last season lowest of his career uh field goal percentage overall lowest of his career field goal attempts least he's taken since his third season 2014-15 but the minutes played the fourth highest of his entire career so again like he was he was still going through the grind he was he was not like you know taking obviously he played less games but in the, we're talking in the games he played he wasn't having a a lesser role he was he was putting in there and right at the end of it and i i think we're gonna see i think we're gonna see that production really really step up i'm excited for it chris anything else you want to add before we get out of here any any closing words of wisdom the roster's fine joe cronin is making the right moves give this bad boy time some of you who are uh, in your feels over not liking on Joe Cronin, just relax, baby. Because at the end of the day, it's still Rip City. It's still Rip City, baby. And that's all that matters. And I love you. I love still you. Rip City, baby. Keith loves you. I might be the meaner of the two, but keep in mind that I love you more. I'm just <laughs> harsh. Okay? I love every single one of you. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for the fat piece. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. Also, thank you, Discordians, for all the excellent fun we had while Chris was away. If you are not yet on Discord, the link is in the episode description. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsy basketball, and our latest episode. Come and join us on Discord. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Yeah.